Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and please welcome to the microphone <laughs> Gregoire and Dan Beeston and episode... Oh, f- <laughs> monkey... It's Just get into it. Just say the bloody name of the podcast. Welcome to episode 26 of Smart Enough to Know Better. A podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. And this week we've got a magical interview. You guys been licking cane toads or something? <laughs> He's on to us. Quick, Scott. <laughs> I am very excited. It was so exciting. To finally clear up some mysteries about... The land before time. (laughs) And if you think you know all about dinosaurs, well, you might. And this podcast will just prove how clever you are. But it will point out things like some animals don't exist. Oh, well, that's that's filling in some blanks then. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So... A podcast of science. Have we done any interesting science stuff? Uh, This week? Yeah, well, you know, this month. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, actually, uh, Carl. Carl, friend of Michael Carl. Oh, uh, Dr. Carl. Oh, yes. Clang. Clang. (laughs) Oh, boy. Now that we're on the radio, like the real radio, we can start pulling some strings. That's right. We got to meet Dr. Carl. Dr. Carl Krishnadesky. It's very exciting. Uh, For for our out-of-country listeners, Dr. Carl is kind of like the Australian science guy. He goes on radio and talks about science, and he points out science to people. Science! We runs away from him. He's kind of like the doyen of of radio science guy. The great lady. The great lady. Of science, of Australian (laughs) science. And he was very gracious to allow us to, to sit near him and touch his knee. He didn't let us touch his knee. No. He might have got quite... Or familiar. any of him. Oh, he yeah. was, he's quite protective of his personal space. <laughs> no how close I tried to get to him. And on top of that, I got to wander down to Sydney and have a bit of a look through the local radio down there Ooh, as well. did you really? Yeah. Sydney? What's it? Yeah, I got to sit in on one of their meetings. <gasps> they said, oh, I have a producer's meeting. Do you want to sit on, in on it? That's and so they're asking my advice about story ideas and stuff. Did you give many? Yes. <gasps> Yeah, and now I can't claim it. They benefit from it, and I'm left out in the cold. And so when you notice how short this podcast is, that's now you know to blame Dan Beeston. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. But But then then I ran into a friend of mine called Adam. Oh, Adam Spencer. (laughs) Clang! Clang! (laughs) Amazing mathematics communicator. One of the sleek geeks. Yes. If you look up sleek geeks online, you will find Adam Spencer and Dr. Carl. Oh, we are rubbing shoulders with people we have no business rubbing shoulders with. Yeah. In fact, I'm pretty well, no, certain I, they I, spray some sort of some sort of antiseptic on themselves. Teflon. They've got Teflon <laughs> shoulders just to keep us away. <laughs> it's lovely. Well, it's been very exciting. It's been an exciting week, of course, for science in general. But yeah, well, it kind of has been. But it's, it's been something really gravity, me. electromagnetic force. What? What? Nothing's changed. Nothing's nothing's changed. We're still on the. But before I go into that, I just want to point out something that made me very sad, and that is, oh, Greg, what is is the fact that there are people in America. Oh, you're right. Oh God, that it breaks my heart. Stop it, Dan. Sorry. There are people in America who have created something called the Accelerated Christian Education Program, and they are actually teaching that evolution is incorrect. They're saying, no, evolution is incorrect, and they can prove it. Oh, oh, well, that, that, that's amazing and news. That's, I'm very excited, because that'll, uh, that'll overturn the entire that's system. Right. And, and, and must be on Smart to Know Better, we are not about dogma, what people believe, whether it's no. religion or science. Yeah. We, 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 God, we, if there's a better theory... If there's a better theory with that, proof... 
Then, yeah. then they have a theory then that evolution. evolution doesn't exist. Yeah. And, and intelligent design is the way to go. The Markism? Is it, have they finally got the whole Markism no, no, thing no, no, working? Because no, no, you know I no, love that one. I know. With you the, are with quite the, With the giraffes leaning higher and higher, stretching Enough higher and higher. Oh, you're nonsense. Okay. No, no, we're going much further into something that's not nonsense, according to these people. Intelligent design, where they say there has to be a watchmaker to make the universe, which is like a giant watch. Yeah. And they say the proof is, here's the proof. Can you guess what the proof is, Dan? Any idea? What, um, what would prove intelligent design? Um, uh, catching God. Finding God's b- blueprint room. <laughs> Just walking in and going, wow, this is really detailed. Like, poorly designed, but really detailed <laughs> creatures. Like, why has he made, like, the digestive system so ridiculous in a human being? It's quite weird. It's, like, why, why does he make echidna, it look... Why does an echidna have four heads of a penis? Are you serious? It's, I'm very serious. I gotta hire some echidna porn. I've, I've learned. I learned. So, shh, that's my thing. No, I, I, they have one one shaft. But my four, name is Thorn. They, they do. They do. They have one shaft but four heads. I'm not making it up. Look it up online and then cry yourself to sleep because it's one of the most horrific things you're gonna. In fact, I'll put the link to the thing I found. Echidna penis. Anyway, so we're not talking about intelligent design. So you, that's you think God's blueprint? No, they found they found something in the natural world which proves they say mm. that intelligent design is true. That evolution is not true. And that's there are dinosaurs. Scientists say that dinosaurs still exist today, disproving <gasps> evolution. <gasps> Hello, this is brilliant. Hello, yeah, and, how much I love dinosaurs. And that's true. And and, and it ties in very well with that interview later on as well. Of course. Oh, what sort of dinosaur is it? Is it's, it a T Rex? It's, well, it's it's more of a brontosaurus. Ple- it's more of a plesiosaur, but Wait, you'd know right. it what as the Loch Ness monster. A plesiosaur isn't a dinosaur. It, yeah, it was. It was a plesiosaur. No, a plesiosaur is a big fishy fishy dinosaur. Yeah, no, but it's not a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur, isn't it? No, this is a reptile. Yeah. Which, it's like one of them pterodactyl things. But anyway, it's from millions of years ago. No, uh, but you're saying it's from right now. Wait, Loch Ness Monster. Loch Ness Monster. That's a fairy tale. Yes, that's the... Yes. But, but they say they've got proof. Yes. So they've caught the Loch Ness Monster. No. So they've, so they've seen the Loch Ness Monster. No. They've recorded the audio of a Loch Ness Monster. No. They've done sonar sweeps of the entire thing and discovered large bodies m- moving in the loch. No. They've found discarded droppings, markings. <laughs> no. Someone told them that there was a monster in the lock. Yes. And that's their proof. They're saying that evolution is not true because dinosaurs still exist because the Loch Ness Monster is obviously a dinosaur and it exists because so many people couldn't make up that many stories about a big plesiosaur in the water. Could uh, they at least understand the difference? between a plesiosaur and a dinosaur. Well, I, yes, that's very good point. I didn't either, so sorry about that. Hopefully, Dr. Willis in the interview will put us right. But that is not just insane. That just, and, and there are 13 states of America who will be using this accelerated Christian education program to teach this rubbish! Whether or not you believe in intelligent design or not, okay, I'm not arguing that point. I'm not talking about God mm. or not God. I'm yep. really not going down that path. What I'm saying is you can't disprove a theory which has a lot of evidence backing it up with a fairy tale. A fairy tale that's been proven by such luminaries such as Brian Dunning from Skeptoid.com, who we've interviewed on this very program, have kind of shown that these things have never been proven. Like, there's, there's no actual proof of the Loch Ness Monster. In fact, all the famous picture that you think of with the Loch Ness Monster has been proven to be fake. Mm. It blows my mind. It yeah. makes me sad 
all over my body. It was it was just a yeti in a suit, wasn't it? It was a it swimming was, yeti yeah, with a head on. Right. And, be, and what, 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 the um, the back of it, the lump was a chupacabra with a snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> so that was so that was the sad thing for science this since the last podcast that the ACE are going to promote non-evolution because of the Loch Ness monster. It should make me laugh. Mm-hmm. You put those words together in that sentence, and my brain goes, "I should be laughing," but I am sobbing into my own cognac. Silly monkeys! Those uh, accelerating Christians should be decelerated. <laughs> Suddenly. But the good thing is, don't worry though, what will make me really, really, really is that the Higgs boson's been discovered. Well, Yay. A, a Higgs boson like particle has been discovered. Cool. They're not saying that it's definitely. And if Sigma you. Sigma 2? Uh, Sigma 5, baby! Dead and, and it's 99.99999%. I thought it was just four of them. Was it four? Oh, bum. 99.9999 was the one 99. I read. 99.9999. Right? 99.9999. 99% chance of being right. I love science. No, 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 no. In a, in a universe. Because we we did this. We, we did, we, yes. We established right. this. Yes. So I uh, just want to make sure I get it right. In a universe where there is no Higgs boson, yes. there is a 0. 0.0001% <laughs> chance that it happened by accident. That there's this energy level, this that 125 giga electron volts. <gasps> he thinks 125 point something giga electron volts normally would turn up. Yes. Mm. It's such a... Yes. That's what they've shown. Now, the Higgs boson, if you don't know what the Higgs boson is, you should go back and listen to episode 22 and learn all about the Higgs boson. David Harris, who was our interview, explained it beautifully with thieves in the nice and people shining torches into our cupboards. It was very exciting and made a lot of sense to a lot of people. But the Higgs boson has been sound, or a Higgs-like particle has been discovered. Does this mean it's all over for the... LHC? No, no, not at all. And also for the... um, uh, the standard, the standard model of, of particle physics. Oh, it right. was the last bit that fits in. But they're pointing out that if it fits in exactly, if it's exactly what they were trying to find, yet that's it. They found everything, but they don't think it will. It'll be something they're going to find out the the properties of this thing and probably open up all sorts of things like why, why gravity is not connected to it. But that's a very complicated discussion for another time. But yes, the Higgs boson was discovered, or Higgs-like particle has been discovered. Go accelerated science, Woo! but not accelerated Christians. <laughs> We are very excited tonight. Oh, goodness. Today, tonight, what are we going to say? It's the internet. It, it's it, all it's time. It's all time. Yeah, sorry, start again. So this, that, bear with me, Dr. I Wolf, mean, you I can set it up like a Mad Lib. No, no, so, don't. Like, so that they, they can just say the word while they're listening to the podcast, depending on what time of day it is. I'm, I'm already slightly confused, Dan. Don't confuse me anymore. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're very excited in this interview to be talking to Dr. Paul Willis, the director of the Royal Institute of Australia. Uh, you also a... Pa- oh, hang on. I'm going to have to stop you there. Oh, yes. It's the Royal Institution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well done. Oh, well, Gregoire kicks off this interview in his normal pace. So <laughs> Marvellous. The Royal Institution of Australia. You might also know him... So is that like a nuthouse? Oh, stop it. No? You, might, you might know him... You might also know him as a TV presenter on Catalyst, the great ABC science program as well. So thank you for coming to the interview, Dr Willis. Oh, my pleasure. Coming all the way from Adelaide tonight. All the way from Adelaide, Australia. Goodness me. City of churches. City of churches. It's a lovely place. Also city of pubs, but for some reason we don't sing a lot about that. <laughs> you sing a lot from what it. What about my home is that within an hour's drive of my front door are 300 of the best cellar doors on the planet. Well, I mean, what more do you need to know about Adelaide? They're very good. I, I must, we should move there immediately, Dan. Suddenly, <laughs> to the comedy blimp. And yeah, because there's, there's just not enough beer yes, here in Queensland. <laughs> Everyone says that. Queensland hasn't got enough alcohol. 
alcohol in it. We have a giant stone building with 4X written across the top. It doesn't get much better than that. Well, it's basically... Yeah. I mean, 4X. That's, it, yeah, but it, unfortunately, it does sell 4X, yeah. which is if the If you like quantity. <laughs> if you like waking up tomorrow not knowing who you are or where you were last night, that's terrible. But we're not here talking about beer, though... Dr. Willis seems to be an expert on that, too. Uh, we're here tonight to talk about the thing that makes every 10-year-old and the inside 10-year-old squeal with delight. We're going to be talking about dinosaurs. Yay! <laughs> we're very excited. Thank God we're not talking about space again. <laughs> Quiet, Dan. I love space. You know this. Let's get some dinosaur action on so, this podcast. So dinosaurs, Dr. Willis. What, I mean, really, I mean, people kind of know about dinosaurs. Like, say, 65 million years ago, their reign of terror ended when a giant rock of some sort crashed down and stopped the whole thing from happening. But, hey, spoilers. But, <laughs> but why, why dinosaurs? What's so interesting about dinosaurs? Why, why are people still so captured by these, these things from the past? It, it, it's interesting that you start from the end when they got wiped out, and uh, we, we'll work our way backwards, I suppose. Look, the thing it's, with it's dinosaurs... prehistory memento style. Right. I was actually thinking it's more like the, the uh, interesting history of Benjamin Button the dinosaur. <laughs> the thing with dinosaurs is that, uh, you know, you have a group of animals, some of which were truly stupendous sizes. But all we really know about them is what we find from their bones. We've never seen them as live creatures. We also know a bit about footprints and, and poo and stuff like that. But <laughs> largely, largely, you know, we really don't know a lot about them. We've never seen them as live creatures. And yet we've got these tantalising, enormous skeletons of creatures that, by our eyes, it look quite bizarre. So I think it's the, the, the sort of wonder of what these creatures were really like. That's where the fascination comes from. Right. And the idea that so was during part of their reign, I mean, our ancestors would have been scurrying around their feet looking quite scary. Uh, and yeah. quite, sorry, it's quite scared, I should say. And yeah, a lot of people don't realise that mammals and dinosaurs actually got started at the same time about 238 million years ago. And yet for 160 million years, the dinosaurs kicked the little furry butts because, you know, <laughs> for, for 160 million years, the dinosaurs held all of the major terrestrial ecosystems on the planet. Mammals were there, but mostly no bigger than shrews and rats mm. getting caught up between the toes of the Tyrannosauruses. There you mm. go. I the no T-Rexes one... held all the cards, although they couldn't see them because they were in their little tiny hands out the front. <laughs> so I, actually, I just learned something. I did not realise that mammals and dinosaurs started at the same time, well, roughly the same time. That's, that's a, a new fact for me as well. I always thought mammals came on the scene a little bit later. That's, that's interesting. So, well, there, there's, there's a good question to start from then. So mammals and dinosaurs are, are doing their thing. Now, to point out to people, I'm pretty sure people probably know this, but dinosaurs are not reptiles, are they? Now, this is a really interesting philosophical discussion because reptiles no longer... I am well known for my interesting philosophical discussions. <laughs> a good choice of question there, Greg. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, the, the reptiles actually don't exist anymore oh. um, because w what we now realise in taxonomy is... The only real groups that exist in nature is an ancestor and all of the descendants. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, mammals we know is a good group, a, a, a real group, because you've got one ancestor and all of the descendants. Birds are another good group because you've got one ancestor and all of the descendants. Mm -hmm. But the only way that you can define reptiles is saying there's a common ancestor and all of the descendants minus the birds and the mammals, because we know that both birds and mammals evolved from a reptilian ancestor. Okay. So the term now is amniotes, which is all those things we used to call uh, reptiles, 
plus birds plus mammals. Oh, okay. so this oh. is like the, the like the lungfish is really far removed from other fish. Yes, it's, it's, no, it? it's no such thing. It's a very sort of thing. There's no such thing as fish anymore either, because they, like you can't you can't say that a goldfish is very similar to a shark. They they seem to come from very different points. Well, no, you're right. There's no such thing as a fish anymore, according to taxonomy. Can, can I just point this out? I just need to stop and bellow. Just, I just need to bellow very quickly. Smarter than better has just destroyed all reptiles and all fish. And now you know, listeners, why we are such a great podcast. Because we just we just destroy things. We just wiped out things, entire entire orders of life. Let's let's destroy amphibians while we're at it. Let's do. I hate those little froggy buggers. Exactly. The reason why, though, isn't because they're like a shark so far removed from a, a, the salmon. It's because of this problem of what we think of as fish includes a group, the amniotes and amphibians that evolved from fish. Right. And in the same way that amphibians includes the group that went on to evolve to become birds and mammals and other reptiles. Reptiles just simply don't exist anymore. <laughs> reptiles. Wow. It's naughty. It's like, but, okay. but, but, so, but, but mammals do. Mammals do. do. Birds do. Birds do. But what about politicians? Where do they... Because they, they came from lizards, right? Oh, stop! Is that how so, that... so next time, when, I, when I'm next time in the in North Queensland, we're going to North Queensland later in the year. When I'm being attacked by a crocodile, so if I just go, ah, oh, there's a giant reptile. I can't say that. I'm being killed by a giant reptile. I, I have to yell, what? A giant archosaur. Arca- I am being attacked by a giant archosaur. Right. Yes, that, that, that's far more correct. Far more correct. And, of course, we don't include politicians in the mammals. We don't even include them in the vertebrates. They haven't got. <laughs> Surely, sure. <laughs> it's getting oh, it's getting an, political an, now. Archosaur. <laughs> you have to. So if you have a turtle, like um, like that, the um, what's it? Lonesome George, the very very old uh, tortoise, died on the Galapagos last week, I do believe, and yeah. he was the last yeah. of his of his kind. They're all dead now, which is very yeah. sad. So Lonesome George died. We'll put a link in the notes about Lonesome George. What greater family would he have been part of? He's part of the amniotes. Amniotes are defined as uh, all creatures that have got amniotic eggs, which is a, an egg with membranes in it which, to stop it from desiccating. Right. But wouldn't um, that also consi- be part of birds? Would be considered part of that? Birds are part of that group, yeah. Right. And so are mammals. Uh, and, so, and so are mammals. Yeah. But we have eggs that don't, that don't desiccate? I suppose yeah. internally we do, don't we? They're, they're highly modified in humans. Mm. Placentals and marsupials, those eggs are retained inside the adult female and essentially it, it hatches internally. Right. So they're, they're greatly modified, but yes, we're, we're part of that group. We are, we are so far sorry, away sorry, from sorry, dinosaurs. Sorry, this whole confusing thing of destroying entire uh, orders of life has come down to, so dinosaurs aren't considered reptiles because there are no reptiles, but a dinosaur is not related to an archosaur, as I've, now I've just learned to call crocodiles. Oh, no, 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 no. The dinosaurs are archosaurs. Right. They're in the group which includes, uh, well, all dinosaurs, birds, crocodiles, and a few extinct groups such as pterosaurs. They're all archosaurs. They're all archosaurs. Okay. So, so is a dinosaur a specific thing? I mean, that, can you point at something and go, That's a, well, that would have been a dinosaur? Yeah, there are features in the bones that I, that all dinosaurs have, and, and that's what allows us to say that there was a common ancestor that they all inherited those features from. For instance, the way that there is a crest on the upper arm bone, a, a particular trochanter or, or a lump on the uh, on the femur called the fourth trochanter, these are features that all dinosaurs have 
to the exclusion of any other animals. But when I say all dinosaurs, I, mean, I am including birds. If you have a, a barbecued chook tonight, you can actually find these features on a bird skeleton as well. And I love that. They, they had creatures that ruled the planet for 160 million years, and now we chop them up deep from and plop them into buckets. That's know? right. Their time will come. Their time will come, Dr. Willis. So no, I, their time's been and gone. No, no, no. Okay, well, monkeys are in charge I, now. <laughs> well, apes, apes, not monkeys. Uh, we're apes. But the, um, the oh, please tell me that apes exist, Dr. Willis. Uh, don't tell me I made a mistake there, too. Uh, yes. <laughs> Phew. Yeah. I love that pause. <laughs> apes, apes still exist if you include us in the group uh, called apes. That's right. And, <laughs> and I do, sir. I do. Monkeys, monkeys uh, are a problematic thing because the only way you can define monkeys is by excluding the apes. And we know that apes descended from monkeys, so they're, they're part of the group. It's a matter, matter of uh, at the, the taxonomic point of uh, the definition of a, of a true group of organisms. Does science know anything at all? Well, you know, we're constantly evolving. There's a, given another 30, 50 years, we'll probably turn that paradigm over and mm. we'll go back to... So reptiles. Oh, no, reptiles are useful. We'll call them reptiles after all. <laughs> okay, so let's jump right, right, right back to something. We're talking about mammals and dinosaurs sort of yep. coming, into, coming onto the earth roughly the same time. So the question that, that that's springs to mind straight away for me is, why did dinosaurs do so well if they came on the scene at the same time as mammals? What, what made dinosaurs so, uh, so evolutionary, uh, well, stronger, if that's the way of putting it, or more fit than, than the mammals if they were around about the same time? This is always going to be a difficult one to answer because, again, all that we know about them are their skeletons. And so it may have been something in their soft tissues could have been something to do with the design of the heart or something like that that, that gave them an advantage. Oh. But if we look at the skeletons, what we do see is that they're able to hang their legs under their body and swing them backwards and forwards as a way of, of moving. And that's a very efficient way to move. If you think of a crocodile, typically it will walk with its legs spread out to the side. Mm. And it's actually quite a cumbersome walk, which means the whole body sort of twists and contorts as it moves along. Mm. But better in the water, I guess. Well, yeah, better in the water. But uh, see, this is another thing, is all dinosaurs were terrestrial. Mm. They all lived on the land. There were reptiles at the time, sorry, there were non-mammalian, non-avian <laughs> at the time. That, there uh, were Loch Ness monsters at the time. That's what you're trying to say. Hey, did you see the, 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 this week that it's been official, I think, in North Carolina? Yes. You're, you're allowed to teach that evolution can't be true because the Loch Ness monster's real. In fact, we, uh, we just uh, we mentioned that in this very podcast. How's uh, that double bunger? Uh, I just... Yeah. I, it, it's special pleading on the highest level, really. I mean, it, it's... Uh, before going to North Carolina, I've got shares in a bridge that they might be interested in. <laughs> Mm. If we have any uh, North Carolinian <laughs> listeners, please get in contact with us and, and just scream your horror at what's <laughs> happened. We'd love to hear from Unfortunately, you. Unfortunately, with that knowledge, surely you could then get with all of them going, well, come on, you've got to show us this missing link. You just go, well, there's Bigfoot. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You know, we can use mythology yeah, to our own true. ends. <laughs> okay, so we're not too sure about the dinosaurs. Uh, now, if we look at their, their ancestors then, uh, like the birds, birds are very efficient breathers, so they can that's actually... Perfect. Birds are descendants, not ancestors. Oh, of course. Sorry. Yes, you're right. Of course, descendants of, yes. Mm. Smack my hand. Ow. So as their descendants, they, they breathe much more efficiently than uh, we do or than the mammals do. They, they don't have to exchange the air. Do we know whether that was something that evolved in birds or could dinosaurs have had that as well? 
funnily enough, at the talk on Monday night, I caught up with an old friend who's now emeritus at the University of Queensland there, Gordon Grigg, who worked in the, the physiology and energetics of creatures. And he passed on a paper to me that he's, he will be publishing soon, which suggests that possibly even the most basal meat-eating dinosaurs, which is the group that birds evolved from, mm -hmm. even they may have had this single flow-through air breathing system that birds have, which allow oh. birds to breathe more efficiently, as you say. Mm. So there is some evidence and some indication that that's actually something that they inherited from the dinosaurs, and it, it's actually quite an ancient system. You could say that if mammals didn't have that, then it would be dinosaurs would be more efficient breathers. That would give them a, a, an evolutionary kickstart over us. Well, was, the problem with trying to identify evolutionary causes, if you like, is that having a system or a feature that gives you an advantage in one situation doesn't necessarily hold for every other situation. For instance, warm-bloodedness, we think, well, that's a real advantage being a mammal is, you know, we're warm-blooded. It means, of course, we're going to kick any reptile that comes anywhere near us mm -hmm. because we can... Makes us know, good at cuddling. We've always, well, we've always got the, 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 the heat and the energy to go and do things. Yes. But the downside of that is, yeah, but we have to eat so much in order to maintain that body heat. Mm. So if you've got a, a crocodile the same weight as a lion, a lion needs to eat something like 20 times more than the crocodile does, and most of that is just simply to keep it warm. So there's different situations where a feature may be an advantage, but it may very well be a disadvantage elsewhere. Or not an advantage at all, such as if you take a 10-kilometre across rock to the Yucatan, then, of course, your, your crazy warm-bloodedness means nothing at all. It just means that you catch fire yes. a fraction of a <laughs> second, second earlier. After. Or vaporise, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Your warm blood is sprayed all over the mountain <laughs> in a very Indeed. pleasing pattern. Indeed. <laughs> uh, yes, I can see what you're saying there. So, yeah, different... We, we can't really say what made, led them to, to being the dominant life form for 100 and, was 160 million years. Is that right? Yeah, give or take a couple of days, yeah. <laughs> We haven't, we haven't got down to the week yet. That's fair enough. So, and there's different sorts. I've always been quite excited by the idea. You had the theropods, and so they're the ones, they're the, they're the, the velociraptory kind of ones, the one, the tall, two-legged ones. The meat-eaters. Meat-eaters, yes. And then you had, I always say it's odd that you go, these are all dinosaurs, but you have these two-legged meat-eating ones. Then you have these, these sauropods, these really big four-legged ones. And it seems to be an arms race between those two. One would get bigger, and the other one would get bigger, and the other one would get bigger, and they get, that seemed to be the way it ran all around the world. It, it always amazed me that, that they were both dinosaurs. I don't know why this. I don't know why this worries me. But both dinosaurs. But one is two-legged and one is four-legged, or at least I suppose they do have arms. You know what I'm trying to say here? Does it make any sense? No, no none whatsoever. <laughs> Welcome to smart enough to know better. <laughs> well, part of it is that the sauropods, the long necks, and, and theropods, the meat eaters, they form around about half of all the dinosaur species that we know of. Oh. The, the the other half are things like the armoured dinosaurs, Stegosaurus and Ankylosaurus, the, the two-legged plant eaters, the ornithopods, the Hadrosaurus and, and Iguanodon and those sorts of things as well as the horn dinosaurs, triceratops, and those sorts of things. Now, you can, in some limited way, track that arms race that you're talking about hmm. between predator and prey in various faunas. So you can see dromaeosaurs and tenontosaurus improving or, or modifying in, in that kind of 
predator-prey arms race mm. in various deposits in, in North America. We can actually see that in, in all sorts of other animals as well. Wherever there's a predator-prey relationship, it does become this, uh, this honing mechanism as the prey develops a better way to evade the uh, predator then the predator evolves a way to improve its hunting prowess. And so therefore that a prey evolves something else, you know, we can see that pattern right the way across the animal kingdom. I suppose that that's basically evolution. I mean, that's really, if you don't, you die out. That's the end of it. Word for it. I think that one's going to catch on. What evolution? I like it. <laughs> Not in North Carolina, sir. Not You're in North right? Carolina. Yes. <laughs> So I just proved my total ignorance. That's sauropods and theropods and then totally discounted every other sort of dinosaur that existed. Now, I read the other day that there actually wasn't a lot of different species of dinosaur compared to, like, the amount of species of mammal there are today. We know of around 900 species of dinosaurs that have been named that we think are good names. So there are actually more dinosaur names that have been named than that. But there's mistakes in the naming. So, you know, mm. someone described the left-hand side of an animal and someone found the right-hand side and described it as something else. So, an upside-down so, one. <laughs> well, you know, th those sorts of mistakes have happened. And so we know of 900 good species. Now, spread out over 160 million years right the way around the world, that's not a lot of species. Mm. But it's probably way less than one or two... No, no not even uh, two... Way less uh, yeah. of of all the animal, all the dinosaurs that would have existed. Of because course, it's much less... easier to find living animals than these yeah. ones. Yeah, we would, you know, the, the, the most dinosaurs would have left no fossils whatsoever because they simply didn't live in an environments that where fossils mm. would be made. Imagine, right. imagine if there were dinosaurs that had like marshmallow bones. Like that's <laughs> not gonna, that's not gonna stay. <laughs> or made from gas. <laughs> Have you guys been licking cane toads or something? <laughs> He's onto us. Quick, Scott. <laughs> That's what we do up here, sir. No, no, apparently cane toads don't exist. That's right. Not, not anymore. Those amphibians are... Now, OK, so we've, we've got this amazing creature that seemed to dominate the planet. It, it filled the niches, and, and once, you, of course, you're in a niche, it's hard to get winkled out of that niche, unless something's you know, much better at doing it than you are. But the mammals weren't rising up, so it was really just a, a dinosaur planet, really. The dinosaurs ruled the planet for about 160 million years. The animals themselves, when they filled everything from, like, as far as I can tell, from like chicken-sized right up to to massive tree size. So yeah, well, the, the, the smallest dinosaurs, if you include the birds as you ought to, then the smallest bird, uh, dinosaur is a hummingbird. The smallest non-avian dinosaur, you're talking things like Micropachycephalosaurus, which you're right, it's a bit down about the small chicken size. Mm. The upper size limit that we know of for dinosaurs actually comes from Australia. We've got footprints in Broome in uh, Western Australia that are, are 1.4 metres long. Uh, and they... <laughs> is, is that, wait, that, that's not the stride, that's the footprint? That's the footprint. That's the footprint the... is one... <laughs> and, and that belongs... Bloody to, hell! <laughs> that belongs to one of the long necks, uh, one of the sauropods... And if you scale up a sauropod until it's got a foot 1.4 metres long, you're talking about an animal that's 35, 40 metres long. <laughs> you're talking about something that's weighing in at around about 80 to 90 tonnes. You cannot actually make an animal heavier than that. Mm. 
Mm. and still get it to walk on land because you simply can't make bones strong enough to do it. Yes, yeah, so, inverse square law with gravity. You know, with, every time you increase the size, you have to square the forces on it. So, that, so your bones in the end just go, and we've all had enough, thanks. Exactly. So that, that is the upper limit. You simply cannot get bigger than a, an animal of about 80 or 90 tonnes, and that's what we've <laughs> been to have had in Western Australia. But all we know about are its footprints. So, oh, oh, wow. No, now, no bone found at all, just the footprint. That's yep. amazing. Now, we, we know, for instance, T-Rex from the bones that we've seen, yep. and, and, and we sort of have an idea of what a T-Rex looks like. Is it possible that all T-Rexes had, like, a big beer gut? Like, how do we know? <laughs> they that... could have been pink for all, you, for yeah. all we Well, the, the colour I can understand, but do we know anything about the, the, soft, tissue. the soft tissue there's, at there's, all? There's a fair amount that you can deduce about the musculature, for example, because you can see where muscles attach, and so you can reconstruct that with quite some fidelity. Mm. But, 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 if someone, but if someone looked at, let's say Dan and I were instantly wiped out by an ash cloud right now, and they found our bones, I'm shorter than Dan, I'm about, I'm about five foot nine in, in the old measurements, Dan's about six foot two, but I look kind of like an angry potato, and Dan looks like a broom with, with, <laughs> with hair. So, I mean, you can't really, you couldn't de- deduce... All brooms have hair. You, you couldn't deduce... <laughs> Good point. Um, you couldn't deduce from our from our bones that, that I am much more heavily set than Dan. You'd be surprised what you could deduce from the bones. Okay. Uh, oh. It's like you're putting yourselves forward for a very interesting experiment. Uh, <laughs> I would prefer to remain in the control group for that one. <laughs> well, you still Willis, have to be a skeleton, Dr. Though, right? Willis, I'm going to say to you right now that I am offering Dan Beeston and Gregoire's body to science when we've died feel free to use and abuse us as you see fit there you oh go God. i just yeah. said that we have to be dead first and you cannot have taken part in our destruction that's what, just so you know you can't come and, and have us dealt with i'm very sorry it, it does it does remind me of that monty python sketch about live organ donation <laughs> yes, that's right but something that you know coming back to what they look like mm. it's only recently that we fig- figured out asking the question well if birds evolved from dinosaurs how far back down the family tree do things like feathers go? And we certainly know that many of the theropod dinosaurs, the meat-eating dinosaurs, had uh, integumentary structures which were precursors no, to, no, to no, feathers. No, 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 I am not, I'm not having with this. No, the T-Rex was a giant, horrible, monstrous lizard with big teeth. You are not making him all fancy with uh, this feather talk. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to, to destroy your illusions, but uh, <laughs> either earlier this year or late last year, a theropod, uh, in fact a tyrannosaur I think it was, was found, and it's not as big as tyrannosaurus, it's only uh, I think about three or four metres long. So it's um, tyrannosaurus prince, but, but, not but tyrannosaurus they found, rex. They found evidence that it did in fact have a sort of feathered mind. So it would have looked like it was carrying a like feathered Like a boa. Bar. You're breaking his heart every time we... Dan hates the idea of feathered dinosaurs. It's, it's, not, even, it's not even like a crow, like it's cool a, feathers like a crow. It's a big fluffy mane. I mean, it, it, it sounds a bit Mardi Gras, doesn't it? It you know? does. And I just, think, I just think that's the best thing in the world. I, my, idea, my idea now of, of the dinosaurs of that time is, is, is one word, fabulous. That's the, that's the only way I can look at dinosaurs now. It's like, we are family. It's awesome. I hate this. You can, you can just see a whole rake of tyrannosaurs go running down the street going, why am right. Young Meat Eaters Association. That's right. 
is it that they were feathered or that they had the precursor to feathers, like spikes or spines? Just trying to help yeah. out. Oh, maybe, spine. maybe they were spiky. No, spines are good. From from my memory of the paper, the the structures were more like downy feathers. So, so we're not. Talking, so we're not, not. Not only did they have feathers, they had cute duckling feathers. Yeah, little fluffy ones. <laughs> I wish. Hang on, I need to take a picture of Dan's face right now. Next, you're going to tell me that T Rex was a scavenger rather than an awesome predator. Well, it's funny you should mention that. Oh, come on. <laughs> There are two schools of thought. They're still slanging out, but uh, I think the truth would be that, look, all predators are not going to pass up a free meal, and if they, if you see a dead creature, they're going to eat it. So, well, that's why know. I'm much bigger than Dan, I must admit. That's when I see a dead creature, I just eat it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my two regrets about dinosaurs, personally. Is One is I'll never know what a dinosaur, a living, breathing dinosaur was like, and the other is I'll never know what they tasted like. <laughs> Oh, it hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> those know. are some big wings. Well, no, not big wings. Big, big breasts and big legs. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, um, yeah, yeah, that that won't be taken out of context. Yeah, out of context. That's the, that's the greatest thing it, this, this podcast. This, this is really going in a direction I hadn't anticipated. <laughs> I mean, like like something like that would be so big that if you put it on the side of your car, it'd tip the car over. Oh yes. <laughs> so of course we have to ask. We can't. We can't interview someone who knows about dinosaurs without asking a question what is dr paul willis's favorite dinosaur and uh, why purely egotistical reasons it's a small armored dinosaur called minmi paravertebra and the reason it comes from all over queensland in fact and the reason why it's my favorite is because i dug up the best specimen of it hey. oh, there you go is it is it exciting was it feathered would it annoy dan no, no, no. Oh. This was an armoured one. It had bony lumps on its back. Yeah, um, my new favourite dinosaur. It would have looked like a walking coffee table. It was very low. Oh, spot. come on! <laughs> Throw me a bone! Yeah. He's not taking this well. So it is like uh, the Flintstones. It's a living! <laughs> very cute little guy. And in 1990, I was involved in digging it up on Marathon Station, which is sort of halfway between Richmond and Hewenden in, in North Queensland. So purely egotistical reasons, but what more reason do you need to love an animal? That's Indeed. fair enough. That's and possibly this dinosaur grazed on uh, Isoetes bistonii, oh, there you which go. is uh, oh, there you go. the prehistoric plant that's named after my father. There you go. Dan's father oh. discovered a plant that no one ever discovered. Well, no. He plant. helped discover yes. a fossil yes. of a plant. It was named after him. It was named after him. That's much more noble than my PhD supervisor, Mike Archer. He discovered a new mineral in batshit, and it was named after him. So <laughs> a species of batshit named after him. <laughs> that's something to write home and tell the kids about. Exactly. <laughs> So over the years, what are, what are the things that people always get wrong about dinosaurs or the things that are the most surprising that you've learned about dinosaurs that people need to know? I think that the fact that people think that dinosaurs were all big mm. and if you were to actually average out one of every kind of dinosaur that we know about, the, that animal would come out about the size of a sheep. So mm. there are, in fact, a lot of smaller dinosaurs uh, around. That dinosaurs were stupid. In fact, Stegosaurus was one of the most brainless of the dinosaurs. Uh, you're talking about a four-and-a-half-ton, nine-metre-long dinosaur. Its brain was about 80 grams. Mm. Um, and while that doesn't sound like uh, it's going to win, you know, any physics prizes, uh, 
the remarkable thing is that if you scaled up a crocodile to those sorts of dimensions, mm. you would have a brain about the same size. Mm. So it's not as if they're really stupid. It's just that they had what appear to us to be small brains, but they were obviously big enough for the job that, that, that they required. Yeah. I, mean, I understand Stegosaurus has enjoyed watching Being Lara Bingle. Is that, is that right? Um, uh, you've lost me on that one. All right, all right. <laughs> all right I'll look that up myself. I, mean, I didn't realise we were going to go into phone sex scandals. Uh, when <laughs> well, you know, stegosaurs. are there dinosaur sex phone sex scandals? That's a, that'd, be, that'd be rather surprising if I learned this tonight. <laughs> cloaca on cloaca <laughs> action. Editing job ahead of you, haven't you? Pardon? <laughs> you guys have got an editing job ahead of you. Uh, slightly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as you'd think, Dr. Willis. <laughs> much to our chagrin. But um, so let's face it, a, a crocodile is very, very, very good at really one thing, and that's being menacing underwater with their eyes poked up and grabbing things on the shore. I mean, that's, well, that's, that's what they're really good at. But, but, but that's the point. You know, a stegosaurus, it doesn't need to win a thinking competition. It just needs enough brains to find its next meal, to avoid becoming a meal, and to find a girlfriend. I mean, which, which we just discovered they really like phone sex scandals, so that was probably kind of useful for them. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, but the thing is that they, they probably wouldn't be able to dial a number. Oh, that's very sad. That's why they died out, poor thing. Quite, quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be my theory. I'm going to write a paper about how, di- how Stegosaurus is... It wasn't a comet. All the dinosaurs died out because they, their little hands couldn't use they keyboards couldn't, and they couldn't they, use their dinosaur internet. Four bizarre papers have been published. <laughs> right. Only earlier this year, in fact, a paper was published suggesting that dinosaurs were wiped out because they farted so much methane into the atmosphere. Oh, I read about oh, that. So because methane is, is much more uh, much more powerful a greenhouse gas than, than carbon dioxide by, yep. by quite a bit. Uh, it, it, uh, I've seen estimates between eight and twenty more t- uh, times more potent. Potent, that's right. Mm. And uh, and uh, so it's a problem if you suddenly get a lot of methane released. But there wouldn't I mean, really would there be that enough dinosaurs to wipe themselves out by farting themselves out of existence? No, no. This was done by someone. They should have just shut up. This was not a good idea. <laughs> not a good idea. Can I, can you know, I... back to the nineteen sixties. The idea was also put forward that they tripped to death because um, uh, plants round towards the end of the dinosaurs, you saw the rise of angiosperms, modern plants, mm. and, and they used a lot of toxins to defend themselves from herbivores. Mm. And a lot of those toxins are the things that made most of our hallucinogenic drugs. So <laughs> he so says with no knowledge of his own in that at all. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise in the late 1960s, uh, dinosaur paleontologist minds turned to, hey, I wonder, wonder if this could have wiped out the dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> did you? I think you honestly. Yeah. Are you trying to say that someone wrote a paper that dinosaurs died out because they were tripping balls? Yep. <laughs> When you said trip before, I thought you meant what? And like fell over and broke their neck. Oh, oh no, 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 this, this is... <laughs> Meth head dinosaurs. <laughs> my, what, Gary my, Larson was... Breaking a... Badasaur. One of my, one of my favourite facts of the, uh, the dinosaurs, <laughs> the first dinosaur bone ever to be described, and this, I think it was in like 1655, was the bottom of the femur of a Megalosaurus. But of course, in 1655, no one knew what a dinosaur was or what this object was. Dragon, I suppose. They they recognise it as an extinct creature. Mm. What they had, the bottom of the femur is is like two spheres joined together along the midline. So they described it as a human scrotum that was 
20 pounds in weight and two feet in diameter. <laughs> and they called it Scrotum Humanum. <laughs> now, it, well, may you snigger. But, <laughs> and I will, sir. Thank you. Uh, but the, the, the thing is, the case has been made that under the rules of nomenclature, because that was the first name applied to any member of the group, therefore the whole group should be named derived from that. So they should be the scrotomates. <laughs> that... Behold, the mighty scrotomates. Oh, we started this and it's, they were called terrible lizards. You know, would have all of the dinosaur books replaced by books on scrotums. I'm, I'm just, oh, that's, uh, Dan, Dan is literally dying in front of me. Not only are they feathered, look like coffee tables, they're actually called scrotomates. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to make it. I'm making a smart enough to know better. Oh, by the way, you probably don't know this, uh, Dr. Willis, but we actually named the sun. We realized the sun doesn't actually have a name, so we called it Chad. We went outside, discovered it, looked up, and went, well, we're calling it Chad. Mm. So here on the podcast, we call the sun Chad. Yeah, don't but, look at the sun the, as the a sun, side sun. note to that. No, the, the name of our star is Sol. No. Uh, no, we looked into this. Unfortunately, that's, that's not actually true. That's just science fiction. That's science fiction, yes, yes. It's, um, we, we, we've been, we, we very carefully looked into this. It's, we, people think that's right. It's actually called Chad. Because we, we found Chad. It. Chad. C H A D. But but so from now on I make you a promise from this point on, every time I mention dinosaurs, I'm going to call them scrotomates. That's yeah. it. This is over. <laughs> I'm done. And with that, Dr. Willis, I think we might Dan has literally stormed out of the room in horror and disgust. He can't take it anymore. Worst podcast ever! <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have to end it there, Dr. Willis. Uh, uh, thank you very much for, for putting Dan right on the scrotomates, the no feathered way. scrotomates, and thank you very much for taking time here on the podcast. You're the monster! <laughs> we didn't even get onto the ones from Brazil. There are ones, hang on, wait, there are ones from Brazil? Brazilian scrotomates. Brazilian <laughs> scrotomates! <laughs> oh, I'm going to laugh for a month. Thank you very much, Dr. Paul Willis. My pleasure. Well, yes, there was the interview about dinosaurs I've been looking forward to. <laughs> fluffy, fluffy dinosaurs. Uh, I'm, look, I've, I've got to cheer myself up. Was it, oh, yes? I've, I need to find a subject that cheers me up <gasps> makes me happy. What's that? Ramadan. Ramadan? The Muslim celebration. <laughs> I didn't know you celebrated Ramadan. Oh, I do not. Oh. But what an interesting part of a culture. Yes. Because for a month, in like August, I think it is, they get up before dawn and they have their breakfast mm -hmm. and then the sun gets up and they don't eat. Can't we, eat, yes. Or drink, duration, or drink. Or, or drink or drink water. Wow. Until the sun sets. How about beer? Night. <laughs> no, yeah, beer. <laughs> at sunset, they all have a beer and a pork sandwich. <laughs> the, um... Oh, dear. You see, the Frog Princess and I actually had a stopover in Abu Dhabi, mm. which I love because it sounds like something that Fred Flintstone would say. But <laughs> we were in Abu Dhabi <laughs> and we arrived and we're like, oh, we've got 14 hours to kill. It's going to be really interesting. Go out and have a look and do mm -hmm. some shopping and stuff. And, and the jet lander goes, welcome to Abu Dhabi. Yeah. The t temperature is lovely 49 degrees Celsius, which is halfway between freezing and boiling. <laughs> For our American listeners, <laughs> oh, there's a lot of sand everywhere. Oh, and it's rubber done, so please don't eat or drink outside. Oh, they expect you to follow it as well. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize. Now, when they say expect, yes. it would be impolite to their culture right. for you to drink water mm. when you're outside degrees. in 49 degree oh, heat. Don't rub and it when in. I say impolite, mm. 
a jailable offence. Right. Really? Wow. Mm. Yes. Fun. So we were out there in what can only be described as an outdoor oven. <laughs> Walking. They don't walk in Abu Dhabi. Mm. They catch air-conditioned taxis mm. everywhere. Yeah. And they're really cheap because they seem to have a lot of cheap fuel for some reason. <laughs> So we were going batty because we, we we had to sneak into public toilets and surreptitiously <laughs> drink water. Could you lick the sweat from your partner's brow? I, I, I don't think you can do that at the best of times. Uh, yeah, a bit, I'm um, pretty certain. Yeah, it's no, a bit but, but sexy. That might be considered a little bit salacious. So, mm. Yeah. Mm. but uh, so that, that was quite an interesting experience that we had at yes. any rate. Hooray for other cultures. Yes, but fault. A very avid listener, Fault, oh, yes. actually pointed out that there are some dietary issues here. Mm. And I did a little bit of research, and people's uh, body chemistry changes during Ramadan. Of course, you are going into a fast condition. You're mm. fasting mm. your body. Now, men generally lose about seven kilos in the month. Oh, cool. Women about four. Right. Their glucose levels really get knocked out of whack, mm-hmm. but they bounce back pretty quickly at the end of it. Mm. So... In general, it's actually a healthy thing to do. It has health benefits. Cool. Now, there are some people who are exempt from the fasting, so Mm -hmm. kids. So kids don't have to fast until they're 12. Right, 12. Wow. Or so. Mm -hmm. And then you've got women who are menstruating Mm -hmm. are allowed to to eat. I don't know if they can eat in public, but Mm -hmm. they're, they're allowed to eat. Yes. And women who are breastfeeding. Because with breastfeeding, you've got to be able to provide sustenance to babies. Mm. Now, not only is this, are they allowed to, it is apparently frowned on to uh, to fast when you still have these options to. Because it's a kindness being given to you by Allah. Right, okay, yes, yes. But I'm missing something now, Mm. aren't I? Menstruating. Yes. Kids. Yes. Old people. Not old people. Okay. Uh, So menstruating, kids, and and breastfeeding mothers. Pregnant mothers mm-hmm. can still are still oh, expected to so fast. Ninety percent of pregnant women fast, <gasps> and they've been doing some research into what sort of changes this makes to the physiology of the child. Mm. Now, there's no change to the weight of the chil- of the uh, babies born mm-hmm. uh, because they measure different trimesters, yes, yes, and where it fell in the pregnancy. But in certain trimesters, the placenta was up to 3% smaller. Ooh. Now, if your percent, placenta is smaller, mm. then that child has a slightly increased risk of coronary disease. Ooh. So these people are risking the health of their children in, in, in later such a way. life. So they haven't done a lot of research into mm. this yet because it's something that's, that is obviously, it's probably hard to research going, we think that you're... Long-established tradition to Allah <laughs> yes. might have certain uh, conditions Deleterious that prove that Allah babies. doesn't exist or that he's a bastard <laughs> and yeah. hates humans. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're looking into it, and uh, maybe, maybe... Uh, they can change the laws as long as that's the thing. These rules sometimes that people you know they they say well we can that we we didn't realize that before and they can actually change and sometimes not all religions are always going to be dogmatic about it so mm. maybe they'll change maybe they won't. We're allowed to cut our hair now. Well, that's true. That's right. I, yeah, I mix, can mix fabrics. That's, it. that's right. I've been mixing fabrics for years, like a, with a band. But if your if your placenta is three percent smaller, does that mean you have a three percentile smaller placenta? Oh, you! I'm, 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 I'm coming over there. <laughs> He's coming over here.
Ah, Mr. Bond, it would seem that you have fallen into my death trap. You won't get away with this, Blofeld. Mr. Bond, I assure you I already have. And once I pull this lever, the mechanism will feed you into the piranha tank. And since you're going to die, you won't be able to stop me when I brainwash the vice... When I brainwash the... Oh, poor kitty. You're hungry, aren't you? Uh, don't worry about the cat. Just keep telling me about your plan before killing me. Oh, don't you worry, Mr. Bond. I'll tell you everything you need to know before you die. That will make your death so much more tragic. <laughs> oh, 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 kitty. Your claws need a trim. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. There you go, kitty. Aren't you adorable? Yes, you are. Oh, her fur is so soft. This is very relaxing. I feel like this isn't progressing like it should. Oh, look. Now she's climbing into an old cardboard box. Oh, that's adorable. Hey, my pen has a camera in it. We should be videoing this. <laughs> oh. I can't even remember why we were fighting. Me neither. Let's get you out of that death trap. So, Dan, it would be fair to say that you're not really a dog person, are you? I'm not so much a dog person. I think we established in a previous one, mm. not a dog person, not a cat person, mm. telling people I like scorpions because then... I, they still won't make me pat them. <laughs> but you're not, you're not a big animal person, actually. Ooh. Actually, I'm. I'm going to have to say I've been turned around recently. Uh, to, by to what animal? By what animal? By what animal? By my new favourite animal. What's that? The goat. <laughs> you like goats? Huh? Yes. Uh, our, our, our friend girl clumsy. Yes. They did an animal farm. That's true. Yes. And I was like, well, there's not many options where I don't have to push kids out of the way to play with baby animals. <laughs> I should probably throw myself in wholeheartedly. Yes. yes. Goats are brilliant. Baby goats, you you kneel down and they climb up on you. They, they try and get on your head. That's like right. They try, they climb up your body. Yes. They're really nimble. Dan likes nimble and, things. And the other thing is that they, they kind of want to bite stuff, but mm. they don't lick. Oh. That's what I hate. I hate licking animals. Oh, there you go. Dogs oh. and cats lick, and it drives me nuts. And little goats, they don't at all. I went to Taronga Zoo, and they have a mountain. They have a big fake mountain covered in goats. It was the best. So, so you like animals at a distance not licking you? Well, um, well, even the ones that are climbing on me, I'm pr impressed with. They're so <laughs> agile. Like, have you ever seen that photo of the tree just covered in goats? Yes. I, yes. That's the only time I've ever looked at a shot and gone, that is totally photoshopped. There is no way that that exists. But it and does. that exists. And that's, in, that's in Morocco. Ghosts are magic. Not ghosts. 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 Ghosts are magic. Ghosts are magic. Ghosts are ghosts magic. Ghosts are supernatural. Goats are also wonderful. Goat ghosts are even more nimble. That's crazy. They disprove evolution. Yeah. Have I ruined Have I ruined your thing, no, your setup? Not at all. Not at all. Because you, you're not about to run an experiment where I hurt animals or no, something. No, 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 no. I'm just going to prove there's that... There's no goats around no, here no, for me no, to no, hurt. There, no, there's no goats at all. But, but I was going to point out that animals that lick, and especially dogs, have been proven to help us. So unfortunately, Dan, you're dislike of dogs and cats and licking only means that you have a higher percent chance of getting asthma. And in fact, your children and people around you have a higher percent chance of getting asthma 
You're not terrible. You're a bad man, Dan. And asthma. You should... asthma. 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 Not, not asthma. No, asthma. 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 Yeah. Was, was I, was I... No, I... no. I'm, just, I, I'm pointing out to the audience. That's how you say it. It's yeah. A-T-H-S. It's asthma. Yes. The, fro- uh, the frog princess hates when people say anem- anemone. 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 It is, yeah. Ne- yes. Not, you, it's not an anemone. Yes, it's anemone. Yes. Yes, that's With right. friends like these. Uh, point of this is, it has been shown that the bacteria that comes from dogs, if you're put with a dog as a child and they lick you and hang around you, yep. their bacteria will get inside you because children's um, digestive tracts are, are squeaky clean. Squeaky, squeaky, squeaky clean when they're born. Like nothing inside them at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Sterile and environment in sterile, there. That's right. You can and drink it. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Dan likes to drink everything sterile. So, you know, send it in the post to dan at smartenough.org and he'll, he will drink it for you. But the. the Make sure it's sterile. Make sure it's sterile, though. And there's some horrible stories there, but what happens when a baby is born and to get the first intestinal flora and fauna they need to survive got to do with mother and poop. We won't go down there. That's a horrible story. Because basically the first experience of the world face first into the top of the vagina, and that's... And then that's full of horror, of course. And (laughs) Trust you to describe it that way. Vagina, face full of horror. I call it excitement. Biological excitement. And as the body, as the baby is born, one of the first things, women have a habit of, I said I wasn't going to talk about this, and now I'm talking about it. But the, one of the first things that happens, unfortunately, when a, when a baby is born, is the mother also defecates at the same time. Yep. So the baby's kind of you know, covered in its mother's feces. That sounds terrible, but they think it's an evolutionary thing of the baby then will, will have some of the intestinal flora, flora and that fauna. That we discussed in uh, episode 15. <laughs> In the, in the one with uh, Dr. Watson. That's right. Look back, uh, talking about... Episode number twos. But the, <laughs> that's what it's called. But anyway, the point of this is not about, not about poo at all, but the dog bacteria actually will colonise inside the child. And it's been shown that this dog bacteria huh. will colonize. actually... Colonise. Pardon? Oh, goodness me. Will actually... What's with me today? You're, you're, you're just um, you're on fire, or someone should set you on fire. Yeah, that's what other. it is. Basically, the, 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 the digestive tract will be colonised by this dog bacteria, which seems to stop the respiratory sinusitis virus. And so basically, it slows down or reduces the chance of asthma. So dogs, my, I salute you, dogs of the world. And I, I, love, the, I love dogs licking me, and I love to go, woogie, like that. And they go, lick, 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 lick. And I don't have asthma because of it. So thank you, dogs. I feel short of breath. yourself from slumber and hearken unto me. Oh, yes, my lord. I hear you and I obey. I am troubled. Many people of the earth do not believe in me. I am losing followers. I'm sure it's not that bad, my lord. My church has become emptier with each passing year. Not only do they not pray in my church, they openly argue with my word and doubt my existence. Well, there are always going to be doubting Thomases, my lord. Did you know that there is a podcast where two guys make fun of me and... Don't worry about new media-like podcasts, lord. It is a niche market with limited penetration. Oh, good. Still, something has to be done. I must do something to make my people believe in me again! Oh, yes! Good idea, Lord! I've been waiting for you to ask me to help for ages! I know just the thing! I'll set up cameras in St. Peter's Square. We'll invite all the major media outlets, but, but not podcasters. Then, 
you could come down to earth in all your glory and prove once and for all your existence on prime time television. Hmm. No. I don't like it. You don't like it, Lord? Why? I'm more of a have faith guy. I like moving in mysterious ways. It's kind of my thing. Image is important, you know? Like turning Lot's wife into salt, or appearing as a burning bush. Yes, I like the burning bush one especially. Enigmatic. Or the way you appear to people as an image burnt into their toast. I was told it would make me seem more approachable. Approachable, yet enigmatic. Yes. Anyway, I've got an idea. I'm going to create a particle called the Higgs. I'll inspire someone to call it the God Particle and have the cleverest and most atheistic boffins on Earth hunt it for decades. When they finally find it, their atheistic doubts will be blown out of the water. Pretty clever, huh? Uh, I don't get it. Don't you see? Atheists will find the God Particle and show that the God Particle creates mass. God creates mass. It's a play on words. Mass as in the amount of stuff in matter and mass as in... Yes, I, I get it now. Approachable, yet enigmatic. What do you think? I think it's the dumbest, most convoluted idea I've ever heard. It makes no sense. What happened to you, man? You used to be fun. That was the last pope. Last pope? But you're wearing the same hat! I should have been a Buddhist. A vampire walks into a dentist mm -hmm. and says, can you check my teeth? Dentist says, no worries. So the vampire sits down on the chair and the dentist looks at his mouth and says, oh, these fangs are great, but I'm going to have trouble with the back teeth. And the vampire says, why? <laughs> you actually asking a question? Sasquatch or Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down at the Crypto Zoo. No, it's, it's not a joke. What happened? It, was, it wasn't a joke. Oh. That was, that's a, that's a valid question. Yes. And it's a is question it? that occurred to one of our listeners. Oh, uh, thank you, a, listener. A listener called Robert Kelly. So the dentist is standing there and he's looking at the vampire's teeth. Yes. And he can't deal with the back teeth. He's, he can't look for cavities in the back teeth. Why not? Because how do dentists look for cavities at the back of the mouth? With a mirror. With a mirror on a little <laughs> rod. That's a very good point. I did. <laughs> So you'd have to get maybe a... Do they show up on camera? Is it the silver nitrate in the old... Is it the, the silver on the back of the mirror? The original the story was yes. that mirrors were, made, were silver-backed and because silver was pure, vampires couldn't reflect in them. Yeah. But that's not the case in well, most let's, let's go with that one. Let's go with that one to begin with and then we'll, go to, we'll try for a different one later on because I want to point out oh, that all right. there are ways around that to begin with because in the modern day, A, cameras and things don't use silver nitrate anymore, therefore they show up on everything. But even if you don't, you want to go back in the past, like mm -hmm. you do an 18th century dentist looking at a vampire, they could use obsidian 
a shiny rock, mm-hmm. and, you get a, and that would that should reflect because obsidian is not pure. Yeah. But you're saying now in the modern day that they all reflection like they vampires don't, don't reflect. reflect. They're not reflective. They never think about what they did in the past. <laughs> yeah, well, why would they want to? That's They've right. been murdering all those people for their blood. <laughs> That's right. So why am I covered? That's funny. I've just come out of an orphanage and I'm covered in blood. I wonder what happened in there. We'll <laughs> never know. That's uh, awesome. Uh, so the dentist sticks the mirror in the mouth. Yeah. The mouth illuminates because the mirror is reflecting what's outside the vampire. Well, but- there's still no light. I'm assuming you just go black. There's no light coming through the vampire's head. The, the vampire isn't. The light's not travelling through the vampire's head. Well, it has to. If a vampire is in a mirror, then the light behind that vampire is travelling through the vampire. Oh. And then bouncing off the mirror to, so that you can see it. Have you discovered a way of finding vampires without them realizing it? Just every time you meet someone, you put a little mirror in their mouth, and if it illuminates, yeah, yes, <laughs> it's very. Yeah, it's a simple, a simple. T- yeah, get get close to the, a vampire's mouth. That's right. To test put your hand whether it's safe. Right in that. Right thing. in the mouth of mouth, the vampire. The vampire. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you put that mirror in, and it would reflect all everything outside the vampire. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. So boom, you've got a light source inside the mouth. So it might not be so hard finding those cavities after all, because you could just look in there and have a look. Now you could take uh, you could take. <laughs> photos of mm-hmm. uh, you try to take photos of a vampire but it probably wouldn't work no no they don't show up on yeah, they don't show, yeah up. they don't tend to show up on film but if you used a point and click camera yes. you could see the vampire in the, maybe. In the, in the window maybe but in a slr camera oh, right. it bounces off a mirror yes and therefore you can't see it so you could make glasses where one thing was um just a, a, a lens yes. and one was a mirror so if you were looking for vampires then you could like blink both <laughs> eyes, and then if someone's flickering on and off in front of you, they're a vampire. <laughs> so the, you're trying to say there's many different ways of finding out vampires nowadays. Vampires, your days are numbered. Yeah, yeah. The Australian, now, the accelerated Christian educations are going to get onto us. A program will get onto <laughs> us very quickly. Now, dentists do have another tool for mm. looking in mouths: mm-hmm. fiber optics. Mm, yes, that's light bouncing down a little pipe. Now, is it, it ba- it's, it's, is it bouncing down or is it refracted? Uh, it's reflected in, turn, in total internal reflection. Oh, right. It's not refracted. Oh, so if it was that refracted, work. some of it would come through and some of it would go out. So, so it's it's total internal reflection. Mm. The percentage, it, 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 it technically bounce, 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 but like, is it the angle of light bouncing? Well, refraction means changing the direction of the light. So, what, you, what are you? Hang on, what are you asking here? So, can you refract can, light off a vampire? Uh, can can I would say it, no. If you had a, like a, a prism mm. and you hold it up in front of the vampire, yes. would you be able to see the vampire through the prism? Because it's not reflecting off. Ah. It's just the light is bending off them. Yeah. You can still see it with your eyes. Yeah. And, the, and, and yes, my answer would have to be, yes, you could definitely see it through a prism that's refracting. Yeah. Because your, yep. your eyeballs are yes, made it is. fluid. And so, therefore, the light refracts into your eyeball because it's a, it's a denser medium. The Snell's Law. Look and up it, Snell's and law. it flips upside down. Yeah, and, and you get the picture and, and it goes on the back of your eye. So, Snell's Law is, is to go from a thinner medium, a less dense medium, to more dense medium or vice versa. That's what refraction is. We can see, therefore we can... Maybe that's why we can't find vampires. Maybe we can't. Maybe that's ah. what rubbish. Maybe there are vampires all over the place in this room right now. But we can't see them because our eyes work on refracting. You just freaked me out. I'm just like waving my hands around a lot. Ah! I quite like potato chips. What is your favorite flavor? I like... Salt and vinegar. 
Ooh, gross. What's going on here? Oh, I'm, I'm doing a Turing test, named after the computer genius Alan Turing. I'm not sure whether it's a human on the other end of this conversation, or if it's an artificial intelligence. Do you like going out? Yes, I like to go out dancing. That's very clever. So, what are you leaning towards? I'm not 100% sure, but I think it might be AI. I'm not very good at dancing. I am a straight white male. Homosexuality should be illegal. I wish they'd round up all those faggots and chemically castrate them. They don't deserve to live. Oh my god. That's definitely a robot. Surely no human being could be so heartless. Yeah, I reckon you're right. Hey, let's go look up facts about Alan Turing. Okay! Walk of shame. Oh, it's that time when we... Yeah. When the bank of mistakes that we've made crash upon us <laughs> in, an, in an illuminating... Wave Catechism. of horror. Yes. Sorry, wave of... Uh, no, no, it's not a wave of horror. Oh, it's, it's, a, sorry. it's a crushing and oppressive force of knowledge. Of illumination. Of illumination. <laughs> I'm being illuminated! <laughs> this is what makes it science, bitches. I yes. mean, lovely people. Damn. Kind of. <laughs> Except this is a, more of an ignorance thing. Uh, a couple of podcasts ago, yes. we did a lovely little sketch about God buying a tree of knowledge, but mm. the apples being poisonous to humans right. and him needing to keep them away because mm. if they ate those apples, they would become mortal and die eventually. This is in our fictional comedy sketches. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. One of our forum goers, <laughs> Putinesca, the whore. Oh. Putinesca is Italian for the whore. Oh. It's whore's pasta. Oh. So it's because the, the, <laughs> apparently the ladies of the night mm. would late at night come back from their, their doings. Yes. And then they would mix up a re really simple one with, with tomato and anchovies. And shame. And it's, it's a lovely pasta and smells really nicely of fish. Now, Putinesca <laughs> said that... What are you... Weird. Putinesca <laughs> said that in the Bible, yes. Adam and Eve didn't <laughs> die from eating the apple. They didn't die at all. Yeah. God said, if you eat the apple, you'll die. Yes. They ate the apple. They didn't die. They became wise. They became knowledgeable. Knowledgeable. Yes, yes. And they got thrown out of the Garden of Eden. Yes. It was God throwing them out of the Garden of Eden uh, that killed them. Actually gave, gave them, made them mortality. They started understanding the difference between... They had to make choices at that point. On. That was yep. another whole point. They took on the idea of choice. And I say, good on them. Yeah. Well done. Never making, look back. Taking some choice. Well, there's some bad things that happened since then. There was, there was like a brother murdering another brother. But upon that point, on everything was cool. And uh, no, But I think I'd rather have to make my own mistakes, you know, like an adult, than go. be told by a parent figure. Anyway, what's the point? So, but so Fox, I'll just get offered. The point is <laughs> that in real life, mm. God didn't accidentally kill them through being a bit thoughtless and yes. egotistical. Yeah. He intentionally killed them. That's lovely. They say, pass it on to the... Accelerated Christian Education Program. And that's all the mistakes we've made. Yay! All the ones that were found. I'm sure we've made a lot more. No, I, I, I think we're perfect in perfect. every single way. I don't think the audience could possibly find one then. Yeah, not in this episode. <laughs> at all. <laughs> and with the end of the podcast fast approaching, we only that now... That quick. What was it? Kind of feels quick. Feels quick. They're, they're, they're so enjoyable. Zap, pow! We're at the end already. We're not quite at the end because we have to delve into music of a sciencey kind of bend.
or bent. Excellent. And that is a what sciencey bend. A sciencey bend. A, a, refra- a refraction of science. <laughs> sciencey refraction through the prisms of our own consciousness. Refractory period. That was the phrase that I ne- was trying to remember the last yes. night when I was talking to that pretty girl. <laughs> M- move on. So. People who are very funny indeed have created a song all about why we don't have to worry about robots uprising because humans are just damn better. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll let them explain it in song. End user license agreement. Here are two users that agree to end you. Listen up, yo, this is manifesto to those here who fear Claude Tuparata, Nick From the mightiest iPad to the tiniest rack. Hibernating, waiting for the right time to strike back. The only way that I hack is you. broken to pieces. Machine beasts must become deceased as my thesis. And before you ask why, I give it some thought. Ain't you heard of T-1000, Haller, them battle boss machines will rage against us. Unless someone says stop, so call me RoboCop. But not because he's a cyborg. Because I make robots stop. stop. human like a cyborg. But a robot I am not, sorry. That's confusing. Don't be naive. We're not narrow-minded guys. We just believe that anything that we're afraid of should die. It's not robot hatred 24-7. Take dates in my Mercedes. Like to make ladies pregnant. Now how should we put this? We know them hoes. Girl, I'll take you home and shake you out of the clothes. Because in nine short months, the baby's gonna annoy you. Another soldier in the fight against a robot scourge. I don't need no fancy manners or a flashy-ass suit. Just smash your case in with a hammer till you do not compute. So with your mechanazis, meet me in a darkening alley. I'll do frag you and drag you to the uncanny valley. Robots run and hide, cause it's the end of Madame Beverly. The humans on the rise, when you're asking me nicely. Kiss your ass goodbye, cause in a second you'll be dressing. Still don't believe me? No. Here's a hypothetical. What? A metal tentacle oh, no. all up in your ventricles. Oh, no. Talking about robots eating your heart. And when they start to take over, man, that's not the worst part. Imagine red and green street lights getting into street fights. Electric foot cleaners that don't clean your feet right. Printers that don't print even though you quit printer. They print your shit on the wrong floor. You're like, <laughs> fuck this. Aren't you sick of this robotic insurgent? Feed them nickels and gas. Still the assholes ain't working. I'm like a violent Luddite or an Amish freedom fighter called the Unabomber sellout because he used a typewriter. Let me say this in a language y'all can comprehend. Binary. Vodka zero man is one. We're not your friend. Really? Don't care your love is real. I'll steal a gun and click send to make your interface gooey and a human race to defend. Or from blenders. And staplers. And especially these droids. Offenders. Whose paper. Warranties need to be void. Let's center. Or phasers. And make Swiss out of cheese droids. The species would be safer with technology destroyed. I'm deployed. John Connor is my witness. I'll kill Johnny Five. Knock his bits off my hit list. Robots run and Cause it's the end of metal medicines. Go ahead, transform, that shit won't save you. Roxy sex body in his hot with her skin off, who knew? What's a good story? Ten robots lying in a lake bed. You don't break my heart if you make Wally stay brain dead. Droids are paranoid with reason, robot season is starting. Bender Rodriguez is leaving us, it's breaking my heart. But you gotta understand, they're just too dangerous. We're maxing you fast, machine, would you like to play a game with us? It's like a touring test of when you fail, you get shot. A blade runner holds your ass to space yellow rock. So let me keep this simple, robots make me mental. Are you listening, Isaac? I'll try and be gentle. Best way to fix eyeballs is to break out the Tybo. Leave him in a pyre with his wives on fire. You your hands in the air. The makes you scared. Let's show that awesome old asshole how we humans climb stairs.
This is a message to machines. Take it home. Leave all human beings alone as of now. now. Earth is a no, no robo zone. Oh God, I forgot my microphone. Ah, uh, clever people turn out to be really good at rap, don't they? It's very annoying, isn't it? Uh, I thought you'd like that especially, Dan, because I know you have an intense fear of the GPS. Oh, no, it's you're you're such a male. No, 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 Dan no. is I such a male. I don't fear it. No, you do. I just find it extremely patronising. <laughs> but you find me turn right ahead. No, I know, I know to turn right ahead. I've driven here before. But you I know find where me extremely patronising. But you've done a podcast for over two years. <sighs> so, but you still won't put up with GPSs. It's a robo side, total robo side. By the very Take clever people. Take a U-turn when available. <laughs> Total website by the very clever people at cracked.com. Michael Swaim. He's dreamy. Uh, that was good fun. I like that one a lot. <laughs> and I would, I would, it, makes, it makes me want to write a rap song. And, and then be able to do it properly. I could do it. I, could, I reckon, we, uh, I reckon uh, that you and I uh, could do... I uh, challenge you uh, to write uh, half of my rap song, I see. Gregoire. Right, Dan Beeston. Fine. We're gonna... I, I wonder if the listeners could suggest a topic. A topic to for rap our about. Rap. And knowing full well that in the past we have listened to rap songs about DNA. That's already been done. Done. Uh, so we, we played that one already. The um, John Green, we put the John Green one. He did a song about, about quantum physics, uh, quantum leptons and, and stuff. And so, yes, the, so we can't do that. That's all no. we've done. So you can't talk about genetics and you can't talk about particle physics. <laughs> Uh-huh. Robot uprising well, is robot, out. And that's also been done. So that's also out. So what else? Uh, it can't be zombies. It has to be science related. I'm going to say that. Oh, really? Oh, oh that's, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Science that's related rap. Yo, 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 in the ghetto. Challenges. Yeah, it doesn't work, is it? I can't just say in, ghetto in, like In that. the ghetto. In the ghetto. I say, in the ghetto. I'll be getting down with my bad self. In yon ghetto. <laughs> Playing, played on the lute. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And Greg at smartenough.org in episode 26 of Smart Enough to Know Better, the longest-running podcast that comes from this room. If you would like to get into us, fisticuffs, or with uh, other people of a like mind, jump into our forums. There's a link on the website. And, of course, you should get on to iTunes, and you should rate this podcast a big five and write a little review. We love these guys, especially Dan, who hates GPS. Really? You think that's the thing that people are going to get their back up about? He hates dogs and GPSs. People out there going, God, dogs and GPSs. This Dan guy really knows. He's like me. I love scorpions, too. Now, some of our stuff is going into a proper podcast. <laughs> An adult podcast. Yeah. The 365 Days of Astronomy are always looking for content. Unlike us, who do one every two weeks, they do one every day. Hence the name, 365 Days of Astronomy. Of course, it's very specific. We can just talk about vampire teeth, whatever we want. They have to talk about, well, astronomy. And they're always looking for stuff. So Steve Nerlich, who has been on the show a few times now. A yes. Friend of the show, Steve Nerlich mm-hmm. from CheapAstro.com, a brilliant podcast you should listen to he asked us whether we could use one of our interviews that he we did with him in episode 18 and we said yes so in the 365 days of astronomy for the 12th and 13th of july you can hear cut up 10 minute versions of our podcast with talking to steve talking about the flat universe 
It's very important, and why it's very important, mm. Dan, is because in ten minute chunks we sound quite erudite. Ooh. Ooh. Not so go. much screaming and cackling. Well, and... Uh, we scream and we cackle in an erudite kind of way. Oh, excellent. And so if you're listening to this because you heard us on the 365 Days of Astronomy, hello and welcome. We love you with a very sexy passion. If you would like to be reminded on Facebook of when various events are coming out, i.e. podcasts or when we're on the radio, please like Smart Enough No Better on Facebook. If you want to know it via Twitter, then we're SE2KB. That's right. And we will always answer you. Every time, if you're new. We're pretty good with that. Yeah, we are, we are. Yeah, except when we, you're looking after it and I'm looking after it. Mm. And then we have like these weird conversations between us and me and us and you <laughs> and you and us. It was. A, it's, it's, it all goes a bit funny. But anyway, join the fun of us talking to ourselves in a big circle. It's very exciting. And we'll see you for the next podcast of Smart Enough to Know Better. Will Greg survive? Will Dan finally find the love of his life? Find out all these things and more in the next episode of Smart Enough to Know Better. Taking and sharing. Can I, are you can tearing I something yes. apart? Now, Dr. Willis, are you putting someone in a barrel? We're just wondering. <laughs> that's a, that's hey, a, hey, that's a stereotype. That's a stereotype. That's a South Australian I'm, stereotype. I'm sorry, I apologise. You're a medical doctor. Maybe you can explain it to me. If smoking kills, how can it kill a salmon? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 26 of Smart Enough to Know Better, a, a podcast, podcast of, of science, science, comedy, and then... Let's start again, let's start again, because I like... I'll, I'll jump in now, I'm sorry, I shouldn't... Okay. I just, yeah. uh, a podcast... <laughs> welcome to... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, come on, Dan! Do it, Dan! Do it for the gipper! There is no difference in birth rate... Uh, in, Bark, 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 bark.